the flu in our country kills from 25,000 people to 69,000 people a year. That was shocking to me. And uh, so far, if you look at what we have with the 15 people and they're recovering, one is, uh, one is uh, pretty sick, but uh, hopefully will recover. But the others are in great shape. But think of that, 25,000 to 69,000. Over the last 10 years, we've lost 360,000. These are people that have died from the flu, from what we call the flu. Hey, did you get your flu shot? From the beginning, we have been working closely with our nation's best scientists and medical professionals, and we will continue to do so until we have defeated the virus. Our public health experts, who are terrific, are studying the variation in the disease across the country, and we will be using data to recommend new protocols to allow local economies to cautiously resume their activity at the appropriate time. We also have a large team working on what the next steps will be once the medical community gives the region the okay, meaning the okay to get going, to get back, let's go to work. Our country wasn't built to be shut down. This is not a country that was built for this. It was not built to be shut down. Remember, we had the greatest economy in the world, and then one day we were told to got to shut it down, stop it, tell everyone to stay home because of this horrible virus. And we did that. And we did the right thing, but now we have to open. We have to open our country. No, I think uh, I feel very comfortable. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Are you concerned, though, that people coming out in protest are going to spread uh, COVID to other people? They're congregating in ways that health experts have said they should not. No, these are people expressing their views. I, I see where they are and I see the way they're working. They seem to be very responsible people to me, uh, but it's, uh, you know, they've been treated a little bit rough. The world is now suffering as a result of the malfeasance of the Chinese government. China's cover-up of the Wuhan virus allowed the disease to spread all over the world, instigating a global pandemic that has cost more than 100,000 American lives and over a million lives worldwide. But this was something that happened, and it's happened to millions of people all over the world, and I'm fighting for them, not just in the U.S. I'm fighting for them all over the world. We're going to beat this coronavirus, or whatever you want to call it, and we're going to beat it soundly. As many of our listeners may be aware, we have very somber news to report in today's episode. Mm -hmm. News that's so serious and so shocking that we are even breaking format. Uh -huh. And so, 
I guess we may as well just come out and say it. He's got COVID! Yep. (laughs) Were you expecting us to react any differently to that? I mean, I would hope not. Um, I just, I don't see any other way to react. This is just so beyond. Like, oh my god, I... Part of me was kind of expecting this to happen at some point, because this dude is fucking careless. Um, he completely does not give a shit about anything, least of all, you know, proper quarantine procedures. I suppose he figured that his natural germophobic tendencies would see him through. Um, but as it turns out, you know, hand sanitizer doesn't do that much against an airborne virus. Um, it's mostly security fear. Um, and since he rejects wearing a mask... You know, that's just rolling the dice there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, this... In some ways, this was kind of inevitable, but... This, how it happened, the way it's, like, ripped across the body politic, like, yeah, <laughs> what it's yeah. done to the political class is just, never, I mean, maybe Trump getting it. I mean, that was sort of somewhere on our models. Though, in fairness, we've kind of assumed in all of our, like, doomsday forecasting that Trump is going to be some kind of active agent in the electoral process, even if Uh that means he's just, like, slinking away and letting Biden take the show. Um, Yeah. We never, I mean, this was an outside bet, but, you know, I mean, it happened to Boris, it happened to Bolsonaro, so, of course, it could also happen to Trump, but... No, yeah, I mean, the entire like, I, fucking upper echelon of the Republican Party on top of that. Yeah, like, what I kind of expected um, on some level was he would get it, you know, maybe some Zoomer takes one for the team and sneezes into their hand and um, shakes, <laughs> shakes Trump's hand. Um... No, it was not that, and it wasn't that because the culture of stupidity that has infected the White House um, all but guaranteed it would be a super spreader event, and we have a decent idea of what may have been it, it what may have been the inciting incident. Uh, and in fairness, like, mea culpa on our part that we... In retrospect, this was obvious, but, you know, leading up to it... We did want to hope. We did want to hope. 
And honestly, I, I mean, this comes from, you know, living under the Tories for a bit. So, you know, that probably influences my view on things slightly. But I well, kind of expected on a basic level that the Republicans sort of at least were nodding and winking with each other going, you know, that shit on Fox is for the rubes, right? Um, this is just for the base consumption. Um, like, and I even thought like some of the mask theater that they were doing was mostly like posing for the cameras back home, like especially after like Rand Paul got it. Like, I thought they were more sufficiently self-interested than they actually proved to be. Yes. I guess I misjudged what kind of assholes they were. Yeah. Um, I mean, in some ways we probably should have seen this coming, but it's like, you know, we we didn't dare to hope. Not, Not after Bolsonaro has been infected several times and survived. Fucking um, Boris was intubated and managed to get out from under on that. Yeah, I mean, it's like in, you know, this it's it's amazing what's happening. Oh, and there is something concerning I've been seeing on social media of all sorts wishing this fucker well. He is a fascist you do not wish dictators well. You wish for them to die. Like, why are... And even just on a basic level of reciprocity, why are you asking for this prick to be shown more respect than Trump has ever shown to the victims of COVID-19, America's war dead, Breonna Taylor... George Floyd, um, John McCain, George Bush Sr., you know. (laughs) I mean, come on, you people. And and don't sit here and do this whole, he's a fascist, he has to be stopped, but, you know, let's pray for his recovery shit. That's like, either you're taking this seriously or you aren't. For fuck's sake. I mean, I can sort of understand that, you know, you want to vote this guy out at the polls because it would be a repudiation of Trumpism. Um, that's the line Bo took yesterday. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's kind of out of our hands at this point. It's up to his fucking old-ass body to live or die. Like, we have no control over that outcome. I mean, Um, unless you've been, you know, drawing bloody um, hex signs into candles and burning them under the light of the moon and chanting the sacred names. um, Yeah. I mean, if you haven't been interceding with powers... You know there who is you not are. like <laughs> you know who you are. Um, you know who you are, and if yours was one of the ones that got through, then you know everybody's buying for the rest of your life. Um. <laughs> nice. I am so um, happy that sorcery is no longer held up as valid evidence in a court of law. <laughs> So yeah, it's like, 
I mean, don't stop your campaign, don't, you know, this is, this, this is, is a- not, this is not something to get all weepy over. This is, this is fucking great. This is war, and come on, you know these, I mean, for fuck's sake, there's been reports of cops deliberately locking protesters up in, uh, like, Black Lives Matter demonstrators in overcrowded jail cells and stripping them of PPE specifically to infect them with COVID. So, I mean, this is a regime that's been confirmed to be going full on, like, Joseph Mengele in the camps. So, this administration does not deserve your sympathy, your empathy, your anything. It deserves to be destroyed. I mean, we know you have problems with this particular point. I mean, what with George W. Bush apparently now being the bar for statesmanship, his, you know, war crimes notwithstanding, or George Sr. being feted as a wise and compassionate leader who called environmentalists people that are going to leave us with no jobs and up to our necks and owls and illegally bombed the hell out of Panama. Or, and, you know, Ronald Reagan's, well, everything. Uh-huh. I mean, we know this is a challenging concept, but... Could you on. at least try, please? At least give him the fucking Nixon treatment. Nixon actually had some brains in his skull. He he would have masked up. I mean, yeah. And granted, they do tend to leave out some of the things that they should really talk shit on Nixon for, like, you know, Pol Pot. But... <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, you know, think, like, it, this may be challenging for some, <laughs> is all I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, his prognosis, um, now we at Chop Shop Economics, um, we do hold out some hope for his non-recovery, um, for the end to the uh, our incredible journey with Trump. Um, I mean, this would be the freebie of all freebies, politically speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it, we would probably be taking a little bit different tack if he was confirmed dead, like um, either before recording or sometime in the next hour-ish. Um, in which case, we had to scrap this and start over. That would suck. Um, Honestly, I'm not too worried about that. I think they will straight up pull some Weekend at Bernie's. Um, let's keep Comrade Stalin's death under wraps as long as we can get away with bullshit. Like, Yeah, and the fact that that's a possibility... Um, we need to get into that. Okay, so... <sighs> the thing that it is that I've noticed um, is everything is contradictory. Um, 
we have not actually seen any, um, you know, um, there's no unified line on this. Which is also why I don't think this is fake. Um, I have heard that theory. I think it's bullshit. Um, and the reason is, is that when it comes to this kind of thing, the Trump administration is pretty decent at message discipline. Um, and they would be holding the line on, yeah, Trump is totally, he's totally sick, but he'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be stronger than ever. He understands you. Um, and this, um, this will not stop us from making America great again. Um, everything will be fine. His case is very mild. Um, and he will be returning. Like, they wouldn't be caught doing shit with the metadata, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Where they took those two pictures, like, ten minutes apart on on Saturday, and then posted them as though they were Saturday and Sunday. And, you know, he was very proudly signing his name on a blank piece of paper with a Sharpie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was so photo-op. Um, <sighs> like, and it's the... And it's not even a good photo op. That's like, and here we confirm that President Trump does indeed do Bobo in the toilet. Yeah. I think part of the thing is is that um, Trump, um, based on what he's been doing lately, what little information we can get, um, he he seems to be okay-ish, but here's the thing about the sort of very aggressive treatment protocol they're doing. You know, we we, we should get into that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, because this is really what? like there's. It's worth pointing out for context that for a man of his age, based on what's been seen so far in COVID nineteen, it's like takes a minimum of four weeks from confirmation of infection to recovery in the sense of we can let you out of the hospital now you're no longer shedding viral load Um, yes on average like it is worth pointing out that it would be very unexpected and very unlikely for trump to be completely covid free and fit to return to the white house by october 5th as he has been claiming i mean this yeah. virus is fucking weird, and weird shit's happened. Who knows? He is getting, like, some of the best medical care in the world. So, you know, that is worth pointing out. It's, like, the Walter Reed presidential suite is, like, one of the best places to keep incredibly important people from dying on the planet. Yeah. And it's, like, I mean, I know that I have a friend who, um, who's also kind of a friend of this show, um, who um, has been through COVID, um, and she's still kind of getting her sense of taste back, um, and it's been almost two weeks. Um, and that was a very mild case. Like, this, 
like she is, you know, she's young, no complicating conditions, uh, relatively low exposure, so, you know, she wasn't at very much risk, and it still took her two weeks to overcome the symptoms. Yeah. This, and if we look at, like, you know, something that probably be closer to Trump's case, like, if things keep going in the direction that they appear to be, depending on what source you look at anyway, oh. is just look at Boris Johnson, who got all the way to the point that he had to be intubated and have a tube shoved down his throat um, so that he could keep breathing. And he's, like, you know, recovered-ish. Yeah. I mean, but he has not got anywhere near the, like, energy or vigor that he had before he was diagnosed. He is not the political force he used to be, and there's been, like, all kinds of very open circling sharks in the Tory party. Because, you know, the those pricks will absolutely do a palace coup at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And the fact that there's a lot of rumors in the British press of a coming leadership challenge is because a lot of Tories see Boris as vulnerable. Yeah. And it's like, in his case, um, it sounds like so far they've got him on supplemental oxygen. So he hasn't been like plunged into the depths of needing like, you know, positive pressure ventilation. Um, but the thing of it is, is they've got him on so much fucking steroids that he kind of feels fine. But yeah. that's that's actually worse than you think because um, that is a very good way to fucking die. And he could, based on how he's feeling, th- like this is something that is entirely within the realm of possibility, so I'm just going to get this out there in case it happens before the show posts, that he could, based on that the medications he's receiving are suppressing the symptoms, they are lowering his temperature, he is feeling better, but they're not really doing anything to fight the virus. They're just, you know, stabilizing his absolute who-the-fuck-knows of a system enough that maybe other treatment can be done, and he's not going to immediately die. That also means Trump being Trump, he could, like, talk himself into doing something really, really stupid, like, seek a discharge against medical advice. Yeah. Um, and, like, this is, (laughs) um... I could see that. So, basically, um, from what I've seen, he's had supplemental oxygen... Um, he isn't on it consistently, but he has needed it, um, at points. Um, he is, it's kind of hard to tell because, um, I'm not as good at reading this stuff as maybe I should be, but he doesn't, he did not look that great when he was, like, making his White House announcement video. Um. Oh, hell no. He was, like... He he was not looking anywhere near where he should be to be presidenting, even at the level that he presidents. Um. Yeah. Like, he, um, you know, 
paler skin tone and lower energy. And he was clearly still trying to hype people that, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything is fine, this is routine, this is normal, um, I will get through this, I have the best medical care, um, this is just a precaution. Um, then he goes showboating around in a presidential vehicle. <laughs> yes, yes, and he still looks and sounds off. It's amazing. <sighs> Um, but the whole thing that, you know, he but, was... By the way, like, our hearts go out to the Secret Service agents who are stuck in the car with him for that. Like, <laughs> oh if, God. if anyone's Those gonna pull the trigger on a palace coup, <laughs> they would be the most justified in doing so. <laughs> um, okay, so, like, um... The thing of it is, is that a lot of the news that's come out is very confusing. There's a lot of misinformation. The White House publicly is saying that everything is fine, don't worry. Um, and this is just not really true. Um, I, I don't know how to how to fucking explain this. It's... They just keep... Whenever they get cornered on specific points that medical professionals should be able to answer and are safe to answer in terms of a we are inquiring about the health of the head of state and government, um, certain elements of doctor-patient confidentiality don't apply the same way right now. Um... Mm -hmm. And there has just been this kind of evasiveness that reeks of ass covering in yeah. all of these conferences so far. Like, this is some, like, fucking death of Stalin, the random doctors <sighs> we woke up in the vicinity of Moscow who you didn't purge. I mean, okay, he hasn't done a doctor's purge yet, but still. Um, same <laughs> vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, basically, there was a presser today, um, about eight hours ago, um, where they're like, yeah, he's probably going to be fine, but um, here are actually some very alarming things about his case if you're hoping that this guy doesn't, like, fucking die. Um, like, there's an especially the good one from... Uh uh, on Twitter from Bob Wachter, who is the chair of the University of California, San Francisco Department of Medicine, and has been, like, at the center of the California COVID response since day one. Um, like, he's put up yeah. a couple of really informative threads on, like, he's not offering a diagnosis either way, but he is saying, look, these drugs that you're prescribing to the president will have these effects, and these are things the American people need to be aware of. Yeah, because it's like they have... Oh, like I said, they've given some very conflicting, some very mixed signals. Um, they've been trying to play this down ever since. Um, basically, it seems like the patient zero in this case may have been Hope Hicks. But 
Um, they are at such close quarters that it almost doesn't matter. Um, you know, she stepped onto Air Force One with everyone else. Uh, they rapid tested and, you know, she was sick. Um, and then it kind of spread from there. Um, Trump went positive on a rapid test before a regular gene test, but they only disclosed when they found the, the gene test. So we don't have a decent timeline for when in his symptomology he's at. But the fact that he's at this point now is concerning. Yeah. Like, um, we're fairly sure, based on a lot of, like, back, like, leaks and backwards, you know, ext- like, mapping the shit backwards kind of shit, um, uh-huh. that he most likely was positive at the debate. Yeah. With and Joe um, it was partly luck, partly protocol that saved Biden. But also Biden took it way more seriously. Um, yeah. Though there is like <laughs> gallivanting to giant fuck off rallies filled with people howling at the top of their lungs with no masks on. Yeah, and already there's been several new cases in Cleveland um, from the debate. Um, but. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. They um, his blood oxygen levels. Uh, he had a two hypoxic episodes, according to um, uh, Walker's analysis of the Walter Reed presser. Um, and they're like, well, he never got into the low 80s, but 94, <laughs> 94 is already very concerning. Um, like, when you're down to like low 80s, that's you're practically at yeah, you need to intubate levels. Um, so they started him on uh, on uh, dexamethasone. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, which is like that. that lung steroid I talked about. Um, and that's probably why he... Which as a side effect may also make him more volatile. Yes. Um, he probably feels fine because the medications are successfully controlling his symptoms. But the underlying condition is still raging underneath and the most we know about remdesivir is that it only um, it can have some effect on moderate to severe cases um, in that it decreases hospital duration among some patients. Um, that's probably why it showed up in those combined hydroxychloroquine tests because it was Remesivir that was doing the stuff. But the problem is, is like, yeah, he probably feels fine right now because they've got him, you know, all fucked up. Um, but this actually makes it worse because then, I mean, the guy is an idiot. He will not follow medical advice. He refused oxygen, um, which is like, 
wow, that that like never happens. Yeah, basically. This is, and you know, it's worth mentioning that the uh, dexamethasone is usually only broken out if they think you're at risk of going into the ICU or intubation. So this is. Yeah. They're getting the big guns out pretty quick. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's gonna bite it, but he's not anywhere near as healthy as the propaganda is making him look. Like he is, he is absolutely not faking this. If this is the kind of shit that is actively coming out, yeah. and based on his own like appearances on his Twitter feed since then, I mean, especially that he's like not tweeting compulsively i mean yeah his his posting has gone in i won't say worse but much more sporadic um you know he he feels like shit so he doesn't post um which for such a pro yeah for like i mean it's like obviously some of his staff are like trying to post for him. Um, but, you know, we're getting into some Trumpology shit and maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> but the uh, fact that the his chill- volume's gone down by itself yes. is noteworthy. It is yes. like some, th- there is like no reason if this was a hoax for Trump to do that. If anything, it would make perfect sense for Trump to be live-tweeting his hospital experience. Yeah, but he probably feels so like shit that he can't. It's just, you know, he's hype enough that he's gonna at least try to show the flag, because he um, he can't not. um, If that makes sense. Well, because he's doing this whole big, strong Trump, strong businessman thing. Like, mm-hmm. that puts him in a particular mold as far as, you know, historical leaders. And that can give us some ideas as to what to expect here. And I'm talking, of course, of Hitler and Stalin. Because um, why not? <laughs> Let's just fucking go there. Um, in the case of Stalin, it took like about a week for the actual news of his death to get out. There was a lot of, like, party infighting, like, Armando Iannucci's movie on it is, like, not, like, 100% accurate, but it's pretty damn good at in capturing the feel and the vibe that would have been going on. Um, and there was a lot of, like, deck cherry arranging going on at the top, and there was nothing about his condition. In fact, like, it's rumored that he had his aneurysm his guards heard him fall off his bed and refused to check in because they knew he hated being woken up early in the morning. So, <laughs> you know, that that's an example of, like, a competent authoritarian whose authoritarian tendencies and control of the narrative actively, like, hampered prompt medical treatment and probably killed him. Um... Yeah, and I mean, even with 50s medical technology, um, you still need prompt treatment. Yeah, and if we look at, like, you know, Hitler and his, like, amazing drug cocktails... Oh, yes. Those were 
prescribed in part so that he could keep, you know, his pep up in public. It was so that he wouldn't look like, you know, starting the biggest fuck-off war in human history wasn't taking a toll on him in any way. Um, yeah. And it directly contributed to the deterioration of his health. And we see this with lots of other, like, I mean, that might be going on with fucking the king of Saudi Arabia right now, that, like, Mohammed bin Salman has basically stashed him on ice somewhere and is waiting for the right opportunity to finally, like, let him die and announce it to the world. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, we should also talk about um, how... So we've talked a lot about, you know, technology here, um, you know, why this... why we think he is probably doomed. Um, I won't say definitively. Um, I've been burned. It's worth pointing out also that Trump surviving this, given his age and what's likely to happen, he's gonna be, like, a shell of a man Yeah. when this is over. He is going to be a withered husk. Yeah, like, this is... That's the Palpatine outcome, basically. <laughs> yeah, he, he is going to be, like, a fucking corpse animated by spite and not much else. Funnily enough, that's how Pi- uh, Palpatine works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, so uh, but it's going to be a while before he'd actually be capable of, you know, being an effective political actor. He's going to. He will be in traction for a yeah. while. Yeah, Best case scenario for him. It's like, um. If things weren't so locked down and he had spent so long antagonizing possible swing voters, I would say this is I mean I'm I'm just gonna say it. This is this is definitely gonna affect the election, but not as much as people might believe. Um, simply because like a lot of this is baked in, but his capacity for scheming to retain the presidency is notably diminished. You, you cannot plot against democracy when there's a room full of, like, Navy doctors watching your every move. Yes. And you're already not feeling your best. Um, you know, cognitively, mentally, emotionally, physically. Um... Like, this is... I mean, really, the bigger way this hurts the election, then, Uh I mean, because there isn't really much he can do to change the broader dynamics of the election, and at this point, the risk was he's going to be conscious and active enough to do something really fugly um, and start a fight that he might not be able to win. Um, This, like, not only does it take him off the table for that... Most of his top-level campaign staff now have to go into quarantine. Oh, yes. And for two weeks, minimum. This is, like, the core of his re-election effort has just been told to, like, bench half of the most important month in any presidential election. Yeah. 
the October surprise is that actually Trump and his entire campaign cannot campaign. Um, it's. I mean, even if he were, even if he magically recovered right this second, um, his timetable for you know making those final pushes has been thoroughly wrecked. And he is not going to get to do that. Um, if they let him out of the hospital at this point, he'll feel fine for like a day, maybe two, and then he'll probably die. Yeah, and he probably will get talked out of doing that, I think. I mean, this is 2020. At time of <laughs> posting, we could be wrong. At which point, you know, get the champagne on ice, because it's pretty much guaranteed <laughs> if he is discharged against medical advice, he will probably die. Um, probably pretty quickly. Um, yeah, because then, when you need that kind of support, you need it now. Yeah, and what's really, like, but, but what's, like, really kind of amazing with this is how this whole event has just laid waste, not just to Trump and his campaign staff, and the White House staff, who, by the way, there's lots of semi-credible rumors bouncing around Twitter that they're all furious with him for putting them in danger of infection. Um, <laughs> and there's all kinds of buzz in the White House staff that they're, like, not getting information they need, and there's just... the I mean, the Trump administration was already pretty fucking leaky, but it's just been an absolute flood of disgruntled workforce um like we might literally see the first time that the white house staff goes on strike in american history like that could legitimately happen oh, but wow. like <laughs> what's even better with this is how it's just unfolding across the republican party And it's <laughs> like the the Republican Rose Garden unmasked Rose. You can't write this shit. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> you're holding a party cheek to fucking jowl in the middle of a plague in no attempt to do a send-up to Edgar Allan Poe in any way to celebrate that you are about to violate the dying wish of a Supreme Court justice by replacing her with a fucking wish.com handmaid's tale enforcer. Yeah. Machine gun mommy. We're going to, um, who has tested negative, by the way, um, so far. So far. So far. Come on, uh, COVID. <laughs> Come on, COVID. You can do it. Um, I mean, I don't want her in power. Even if she would be reliable in gun rights. <laughs> and what's so great is just sort of starting top to bottom. Is this party has effectively derailed the Supreme Court process. 
because three of the people who have been confirmed to be tested positive for COVID who were at that party are Senator Ron Portman of Wisconsin, Tom Tillis, and Mike Lee of Utah. All Republicans. All on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And remember how the math for (laughs) uh, what they were planning to do was try and pass this on a 51 vote. Um, And they have the 51 uh, they have like 53 at this point, right? No, Um, they lost Collins and Murkowski. Um, so they were already down two, and, you know, they still need to at least pretend to follow the forms of the U.S. Senate and confirm the nominee through the Judiciary Committee, which had a one-vote majority for the Republicans. Before this started? (laughs) Before this started. (laughs) So, effectively... (laughs) Effectively, the Democrats could... Um, if they wanted to completely derail this process, just, you know, not show up for quorum. Um, and the committee would be hamstrung. Now, McConnell can send it to the Senate without the committee's support, but then he runs into the problem that he's already got three people down. Um. So far. So far. So, it would have to be um, and as I understand it, Pence cannot be the tiebreaker for the final vote. Um, that's not allowed. Um, he's allowed to do a lot of stuff, but that's not one of them. The Senate has to confirm, not the, um, the VP. um not the Senate and Vice President. So, yeah, this is, they're popping their champagne corks and effectively biking their own wheel all at the same time. It's mm-hmm. it, All we need is a fourth and um, we could effectively shut down the Senate um, if we needed to. Oh, Prince Prospero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why this is fate? <laughs> and also, on top of that was the chair of the Republican National Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kellyanne Conway, who at this point I'm fairly <laughs> sure her daughter has an ironclad case for emancipation. <laughs> um, it was, oh my god, it's, it's like, it's not literally everyone, but, oh, Chris Christie got taken out. But this is uh, like, they've hit, this has hit, like, uh, this is starting to of what we know of so far because oh by the way all these people were recently at fundraisers at some point when mm-hmm. they plausibly would have been tested positive including Trump himself so this isn't just that there's important party officials and elected officials who are now being knocked out exactly when the Republican party doesn't need them to be it's that a lot of donors yeah. may now potentially have been exposed. Well, a lot of donors has been exposed. Many of them might be infected. 
Do you think these fucking checkbook signers are going to open their wallets at any point between now and October after that kind of bullshit? <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, like, you couldn't have better planned this if you wanted to. Like, if someone wrote this into a show, we'd be calling bullshit. Yeah. Like, this is more broke dick than the Red Wedding. (laughs) (laughs) And you could argue that was at least foreshadowed better than this. Uh, I mean, I do kind of wonder, like, how much this is going to impact his base. Um... And I do think that that's why a lot of this weird contradictory messaging is for. It's to reassure him and, and by extension reassure his base that, yeah, he's fine. He'll, he'll be out tomorrow. Everything will be fine. Which is um, probably why it was a little dumb for him to feed the base by doing his drive-by, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, that that was a thing he did. He um, waved to his supporters from a uh, presidential security vehicle. <laughs> Which is totally sealed against all biohazards. So, you know, <laughs> to those three Secret Service agents, again, if you end up making history in some kind of Praetorian Guard sort of way, we are not surprised. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is amazing. Um, so, I don't, um, I don't know that this will have much impact on them, because... I think it's a question of how long this goes on for. And if yeah. this unfolds over the course of the next month, as all available evidence suggests is likely, I mean, Boris Johnson was under for a couple of weeks... And he's in much better health than Donald Trump. Um, and if nothing else, because he's 20 years younger than him. So he's already in a less at-risk category. But And, you know, Boris Johnson um, also doesn't eat near... Uh, he doesn't eat quite as dirty as Trump does. It, he also bicycles to, like, all over Parliament and, like, London before... COVID anyway. Like, he was that was, like, part of his whole, like, shtick when he wasn't, like, parading around in a limo. So, like, you know, he's in reasonably good health, and he was under for, like, two weeks. Yeah. And his, like, diet doesn't look like it has the same chemical composition as, you know, the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. Um. (laughs) Um, So that obviously... That obviously helped Boris Johnson, though. Like we said, even he got taken out for a while. And, um, and it's... And it was a very close thing. And the polling bump he had, like, didn't last, and it wasn't really consequential to anything he did. By that point, the Tories were firmly in charge, and Keir Starmer was, like, unquestionably committed to the course of politely asking the Tories to be a little less horrible in public while the people are watching. Um... So, you know... While the people are watching is the important part. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, Boris, like, I don't think Boris getting COVID was going to impact 
the like the Tories' legislative priorities and governing policy. I don't think it was going to meaningfully do anything there. Here, well, I mean, when it get and that sort of we see this in the Tory base. It didn't really like stick because they're already totally activated. So with Trump, yeah, they. I mean, this is just going to shift to like pray for the God Emperor kind of shit. This is going to be like. Pray for, like, Trump's salvation. But, I mean, there's going to definitely be a whole lot of that going on. But I also wouldn't be surprised if this, like, opens up the fault lines in his base. Yeah. Um, like, this like is supposed he to be does- a hoax. He's supposed to be <laughs> the healthiest man to ever run for president. This is, like... You know, there's a litany of reasons why this is not supposed to be happening according to Trump world. Yeah, and it's worth noting that while QAnon um, makes up a, you know, a statistically significant part of, you know, the Trumpist base, um, they are not the Trumpist base. Um, They're just a part of it. Um... And obviously, the Q people have their own council. We will get into that later. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> this is like important to keep in mind that while there's going to be a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth, uh-huh. that I don't. This is not going to be good for the Trump base because this is like, directly grinding their face in a whole lot of things that are not supposed to be true. Yes. Um, now, the, the Q people, I guess we should probably just go ahead and say it. I mean, um, at this point, I mean, it's worth, like, just to finish on the base really quick, like, mm-hmm. there is no scapegoat that doesn't involve going full QAnon. There's no yes, way that's... to explain this. There's no way to explain not just Donald Trump, but a large chunk of the ruling elite of the Republican Party getting COVID because they were being stupid and reckless and not following medical advice. Like, there is no way to spin that. That is a thing that fucking happened. You can't point fingers at anyone because this was completely on the people that have been saying masks are a question of personal responsibility. So... There, there is no handy, like, oh, well, it was because of that one asshole who showed up and sneezed in the punch or something lying around. Yeah. There is no Zoomer taking one for the team um, that they can there, blame. There's no identifiable deep state agent. Yes. Um, there is no strange Russian guy with the polonium injection. And this is not something that can be solved by marching around with guns in public. In fact, they can't do anything about this. There is fuck all that the base can do other than, like, loudly pray for Trump. And all that's going to do is keep them focused on that he's in the hospital and might potentially die. Yeah. But that's not a good headspace to be in. (laughs) Um... Now, of course, we are an economics podcast, and believe it or not, this did have economic... It did have economic consequences. Um, (laughs) The stock market face-planted. Oh, yes. 
It was... <sighs> totally stable system here. Yeah. Like, they crashed um, by, you know, anywhere from 1.6% to uh, 2.3%. Um, 1.6 for the Dow. S&P 500 down 1.7. Uh, NASDAQ down 2.3. That's the futures. Um, not just the open markets. Um, because, remember, you know, every time that we've seen the futures in the toilet, yeah. the market has done worse. Every time since the show started. So, you know. <laughs> and it's worth noting that, like, you know, a drop of this magnitude is more than one point such and such sounds like. Um, it's not the 90s anymore. Um, like, there is actual value being lost in this casino. Um, they have run out of bullshit money to lose, and now they're starting to lose actual money. Mm-hmm. Um, oil futures are doing so hot. Uh, domestically, um, we didn't do well, but, like, overseas, like, um, the Nikkei was the, uh, it was, like, you know, the least loss because they only lost, like, 0.7. Um, Australia, um, their S&P 200 fell. 1.4, FTSC 100 dropped 1%, CAC 40, that was France, shed 2%, Germany's DAX declined 1.1%, uh, US crude futures fell 43 to $37.06 a barrel, uh, Brent lost 4.2% to hit 39 dollars and 20 cents per barrel um and they were already not doing hot because of uh, because of this news um <laughs> like this probably won't be the thing that kills the stock market but it's one more thing the stock market does not need right now Yes. Like, uh, this is another shot to the face that international finance really could do without. Yeah. Especially after FinCEN, you know, after, like, getting exposed as being a bunch of straight-up money launderers. This is not good. Yeah. It's just taking time for the fallout to settle. Um, but the black rain is coming. Um, yeah. And, and probably the biggest reason why this had an impact on the stocks is because this puts the future of the COVID relief bill in doubt. Like, as far as, like, any kind of serious push to get Mitch McConnell to stop being goddamn stupid was coming from the White House. And now the White House is really on pause. Yeah. Like, it's kind of surprising from a normative politics standpoint that Trump has not handed over control to Mike Pence at this point. 
Um, yeah. This is, yeah. So, the, like, effectively what this has done is it's thrown another wrench into that process because that's the only pressure there was to say, hey, could you, like, at least try to meet the House Democrats halfway because what they're proposing will save my presidency? Yeah. And it's worth noting that, like, Trump, um, in one of his five tweets, um, was like, this This needs to get done now. Paraphrasing. Um, but it's like, you know, McConnell, um, he wants, he wants to see, like, majority support. But it's like, this is, <laughs> I mean, it's possible that there will be movement on this because, um, how to put this, because there's, like, now some incentive for, like, the Republicans to just shut up and do Trump's bidding. Um, but if that sentiment isn't there on the legislative side, then, um, by the time the Senate meets, um, on the 19th, I don't know. And it's, even if it passed on the 19th, it would still be based on, you know, the competence level of this administration, sort of in doubt as to whether that uh, money is going to be making an impact that's tangibly felt by election day. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it could hit bank accounts very quickly because now the, now there's a system in place and the IRS has a lot of routing and account numbers to work with. But at the same time, um, I don't know that it would be that rapid. Um, and it might even sound desperate on Trump's part, which affects, you know, the electoral sports ball calculus. <laughs> well, I'm just all the shit was just, you know, I mean, we have to be real on this. That, um, we are in a situation where our previous, like, doomsday prognosticating has just been, like, drop kicked out of our route. Yeah, most like, of our calculation assumes that he would be an active agent, like we said. Um, and he is not, like, he may be dead in this movie, um, point. Which I would argue that is probably the outcome that both de-escalates things the quickest and, like, leaves the Republican Party sort of, like, dead in a gutter, electorally speaking. Yeah. Um... But it would solve all our problems and um, any particularly careless moves on behalf of the Biden administration um, could cause problems. Um, like, the like, biggest thing is, as far as this and Trump's debate performance are concerned is, and we remember this, we're not going to let you forget this part, that whole thing where he told the Proud Boys to stand by and stand ready, 
that was a gigantic red flag. But the fact that he's now probably going to be stuck in the hospital for the next four weeks means that him effectively taking command of the far-right militias is going to leave them sitting around waiting for an order that may never come. Yeah. That or... Um, there are some new possibilities opened up that are still pretty bad. Um, one, of, uh, one of the things that's worrying me a little is Amendment 25. Um, Pence... At this point in the game, Pence is pretty close to um, being declared uh, the acting president under uh, the usual A25 rules. Um, most of the time, uh, A25 is for the peaceful transfer of power between the president and vice president um, in routine situations. Like, um, Let's say, for instance, that, you know, um, Trump got shot by, um, some disillusioned Proud Boy, for instance. Let's say he got shot in September. Um, now this obviously did not happen, um, but basically Pence would be assuming the role of the presidency until Trump was got out of surgery, was stable, and all that. Or if Trump died on a war table, then he'd be acting president at that point. Um, and, you know, this close to the election, um, he'd be looking for someone to appoint to the VP position. And, you know, um, all that stuff. Like, that, that's the normal transfer of power. Or, like, you know... Uh, that's what's like, supposed to, like, happen. Trump. Like, th- this has happened before. Like, there's been multiple instances of, like, presidents temporarily, like, since Nixon, anyway, under the 25th Amendment, like, handing over power to the vice president because they're going under for surgery or something. Yeah. And will not be capable of being president because they are, like, knocked out and under the knife. Um, like this is yeah. a thing that's happened, so it's not like unusual. The, there's like a constitutional solution to this. It's yeah. just it either requires Trump's cabinet to find by a majority that he's no longer fit to execute his duties pending his you know return to health, or for Trump to sign a letter saying so and effectively relinquishing power to Pence. Um. Yeah. I don't see Trump's cabinet doing that for reasons that have nothing to do with normal of transfer of power and everything to do with that. They all seem to be absolute gigantic yes men and toadies, or in the case of Bill Barr, leg breakers. Um, and nobody wants to be seen as moving against the boss, least of all the greatest beneficiary, Mike Pence. And Trump, for what ever reason ranging from he's paranoid that relinquishing power means he'll be prosecuted to he's just an egomaniac who can't concede a single moment of weakness under any circumstances like regardless of the reasons there's factors in play that are preventing that from happening and that could actually become a serious problem 
Oh, yes. Um, now, that one I did anticipate. What I was trying to get at is there is a scenario where Pence gets his powers in the normal transfer of power. Um, like, for example, let's say that, you know, Trump ends up intubated, like, and unconscious. Like, at that point, you know, um, like, it's, it's clear, it's obvious that, you know, the transfer of power needs to happen, it can happen lawfully, um, it won't, uh, mean anything, and Trump, uh, and Pence can automatically hand back, um, the powers and duties of the office, um, as soon as Trump has recovered enough to assert them. Um, there is the possibility, um, that Pence could use this to, um, do a palace coup. Um, basically or, just not give them back. Or even um, be perceived as attempting a palace coup. Yes, and I should point out something. I'm being very specific with this, because... This is how it sounds to normal people. Okay. Um, like this, this level of intrigue is not entirely unprecedented, but, um, would be very bad. It would be a constitutional crisis by itself. Um, like Al Haig actually tried to do that when Reagan got shot in for about five minutes before the rest of the cabinet was like, sit the fuck down. You're just the Secretary of State. Yeah. And that was partly why A25 was passed, um, to prevent that kind of, uh, prevent those kinds of shenanigans. Like, there is supposed to be, um, a mechanism yeah. for this stuff to happen formally without anyone guessing. Yeah, this is literally the one part of the West Wing that does actually perform as depicted on TV. Yes. Um, okay, so, I talked about all this, um, and I think that this is a somewhat unlikely scenario, um, but really, it doesn't matter if he actually does it with the intent of, you know, doing a palace coup, or if he's, um, you know, doing it as part of the routine transfer of power, um, routine temporary transfers of power, um, to ensure continuity of government um, you know, through the usual facilities of offices. Um, <laughs> the thing I'm dancing around is QAnon. Okay? Um, Wait, don't they the also I think Hope Hicks is Q? Or at least wasn't that one of the theories at one point? Um, yeah, I've heard that theory. Um, I don't... <laughs> I don't know if it's true. Um... That's gotta be, like, you know, that's gotta be some extra fun, assuming she's patient zero. <laughs> so, um, the big thing is, um, is I mentioned the Q people for a reason. Um, the Q people believe, um, I don't know if this is entirely universal, because for obvious sandy maintenance reasons, I don't delve too deep into this stuff. Um, it's not good and, for you. 
And we are a Gonzo podcast, so we do have a bias towards the most ridiculous bullshit we can find. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and even we have to express restraint at times. It's very frustrating. Um, here's, here's the thing. Um, QAnon believes, um, or at least a large faction of them believe, that Trump, um, recently had a palace coup attempted on him by Pence several months ago during the, um, the ramp up to the crisis. And he was executed in a secret military tribunal. Um, the coup failed. And he was replaced by a clone. Um, yes, that is complete bullshit. Um, that is That's complete like, and utter nonsense. Like, that, that, like, barely rises to the level of fanfic. Yes. <laughs> and I would not bother mentioning Except for the fact that there are people who believe this, and then they find out that Pence, or rather Pence's clone, has gone and done it again. (laughs) And then on top of that, we just have the whole, like, for the less totally insane shit, there's... Because we do have to give Q a little bit of a spectrum here. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. all that bad. But the other, like, major things that seem to be coming up in Q is either he's going to chug some hydroxychloroquine and be okay. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. So I'm going to be curious to see what that chunk of Q does when he does not come back to work on Monday, October the 5th. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other... like Chunk, which is a fairly significant one, thinks that this is Trump going into isolation in preparation for the day. For the storm, yes. For the day of the rope, if you're in the more Reed Siege, like, fucking fascist end of it. Yeah. Openly fascist, (laughs) I should say. It is fairly impressive. Um, The reason we spent any fucking time on this is because we don't know what the Q people will fucking do um, if their A25 stuff goes through. Um, And that could cause the spiral all by itself, basically. Exactly. Like, in all of this, Trump's base is a gigantic wild card. Particularly the Q people and the alt-right. Because... This is, like, the general problem towards Trump's broader cult of personality is they're being confronted with stuff that is going to cause, like, a level of cognitive dissonance that some of them will not be able to cope with. Like, I don't think this will break the Trump movement. Anyone who thinks that has been watching way too much Aaron Sorkin and needs to, like, actually, like, you know, listen to something that's a bit more accurate, like, you know, a Rob Zombie, Edgar Allan Poe concept album. Um, Mm -hmm. Something like that. I mean, if such a thing were to exist, we'd pay money for it, but, um... Yeah, yeah. Uh, As long as Mask of the Red Dots on there. Maybe do another collab with Baby Metal. 
<laughs> oh, that would just be like uh, that would be like a bright spot on 2020 if that was to be announced. But um, <laughs> right, Rob, Baby Metal, if any of y'all are listening to this, <laughs> please, please, <laughs> give us something to live for. <laughs> Um, so yeah. But, like, but yeah, it's, yeah, these are, like, it's not going to break the Trump movement, but it's going to break its dominance, would be a better way to put it, I think, because enough of the more normie Trumpers are going to snap. Like, there's going to be something about this, if nothing else, that they may have directly endangered their safety. Which is a line that does exist for a lot of Republican voters. Um, like, they will flip if you do something that directly hurts them. And this gets pretty close, and it does for a lot of donors. Um, I mean, it's like, it's your job to keep the money flowing. It's not your job to fucking kill me. Yeah, so there's going to be a non- there's going to be like a somewhat significant portion that's a portion Trump can't afford to lose who are going to probably sit on their hands and do nothing on election day. Um, But when it comes to the question of like violence and doomsday and all of that, this, I think this really does not scan with the rationales of any of the people behind Trump. Like, at this, on, like, the far right. Like, the fundy evangelical types, they've got pants, so they don't give a shit. Um, I mean, they're invested in the Trump project at this point, so they're along for the ride. But I don't think they are quite ride or die as QAnon is. The alt-right has certainly moved to a much more opportunistic take on things. So without Trump being there for minimum the next two weeks, possibly the entire month of October, that like glue that would have made any push to invalidate the election is not going to be there. Yeah, though I will point out that if Trump somehow wins or quote-unquote wins... Um, and there's some, you know, A25 mess in the background, um, that could destabilize things as surely as the more straightforward scenarios. Um, because... Like, at this point, politically, there is no way Trump is going to win this at the ballot box at this point. He was already massively underwater. COVID is his biggest weak spot. And now, minimum the next two weeks, are going to be talking about Donald Trump having COVID. Yeah. And it's like... And it's all his stupid fault. <laughs> and I should point out that if Trump dies, Pence will be vice president. He will be vice president for... Um, at most four weeks plus the, um, plus the lame duck. Um, and Pence, uh, Pence has a problem electorally. Now, some... I mean, he's a creepy-ass, like, wannabe inquisitor. 
Yeah. But aside from that. Like, he might be able to peel off a few centrists who are like, you know, I just can't vote for the Democratic senile warmonger. I need one who is, um... Not senile? Not senile and Republican. And, you know, I just want to see Pence shine. Because Pence has been very competent um, doing Trump's bidding. He will probably make a good president. Uh, that's their thinking, not mine. I, I'm... Yeah. Like, a, a Pence no. is not going to rouse the kind of fervor that Trump will. The yes. Dominionists like Pence, that's about it. Like, yes. the rest of the Republican coalition could take him or leave him, and he, that's going... Like, he's not going to get much crossover. His only hope would be a coup. Um, and and honest... Point. And at this point, he wouldn't be able to command the far right to do it. So I think he would just slink away. And he also, like, unless he does something really fucking off the charts in the next couple weeks, which is entirely possible, like, he could go full on fucking Hitler. And this could happen. Like, it could turn out that Donald Trump was fucking Hindenburg on crack. And Pence was Hitler in waiting. That could happen. So don't, you know get comfy but like if trump dies like another significant problem is there's going to be a lot of people who are probably going to be in an existential funk like he's supposed to be the savior of the whole maga vision of america and if he dies of the thing he said was never going to be a problem was that the flu was more dangerous that you don't have to worry about masks and those like, lockdown protesters are fine people and all that shit. That's going to, like, there is no way that Trump's base is going to survive that without at least some of them staring into, like, the fucking void that they've created and being horrified or demoralized by it. Like, yeah. This will probably. Like, Trump actually dying will take a lot of momentum out of the Trump coalition, just in terms of the sheer fanaticism that holds it together. Um, with, with that said, um, I do think we need to say some things about the Democrats. I, I sort of feel like if Trump dies at this point, Biden will win. That's... A- Handily. Like, yes. it will probably be one of the biggest landslides in political history. Not so um, much because Biden won people over, but because the Trump base will just be in a funk. Yeah. Like, um, basically each side has been trying to depress turnout on the other side um, and boost their own. Um, though, you know, Obviously, Biden has made his messaging about, you should vote, you should vote, even if you don't vote for Trump. You should vote. Um, yeah. Um, and <laughs> the thing with that is, I sort of feel like the, the thing with Biden is, they're going to be the dog who caught the car. What the fuck are they going to do? They have, if they win at the, like, if we're talking a Trump death scenario, 
it would be safe to assume that the Democrats are within striking distance of repeating their 1932 performance. But this is not the 1932 Democratic Party, which had at least some pragmatic capitalist scumbags in leadership positions who were willing to not fucking die um, and weren't totally addled on ideology to the same extent. So they would be have commanding majorities to do whatever the fuck they wanted to. And they're going to be facing an unprecedented national crisis. Yeah. And I think this is also likely if Trump survives, because Trump surviving, he's probably not going to be in a position to orchestrate the coup that he wants. Like, he might do some kind of dying tweet order 66 or something, but I think it would be less like Trump being able to proactively like subvert the electoral process and more like trying to just drag it down with him as he goes under. Yeah. And like, he's just going to be too behind the curve if he's only in for two weeks. Yeah. So either way, um, you know, Trump is still trying to like recover from this fucking virus. He just lost. Um, And so, <laughs> the problem with that, um, if I want to speculate a bit, um, how to put this? The president, um, he has a lot of power. He could do a lot to wreck things. Um, but also, Biden getting in is not the end of our problems. And I don't just mean in terms of, like, you know, the national crisis, uh, the economic stuff, um, the pandemic, um, things like that. I think that, you know, Biden will handle that stuff reasonably competently. I don't think he will be... I don't think he'll be, like, you know... um, an amazing firebrand uh, awesomeness that, you know, reinvigorates the Democratic Party. I think he'll be just... He'll be just Biden. Um, But the problem is, is the thing I'm worried about is that Trump is kind of... The Trumpists will be kind of, you know wallowing in despair. But the problem with that is that that's not going to... That's not going to mean that the the house that Trump built will go away. Um, What this this means is... uh, Yeah. Uh, Um, Okay, so what I was getting at was... um, What I don't think is that, you know, Trumpism is going away even if this guy dies. Um, I do think they'll despair, but um, it's entirely possible that Biden could defuse that bomb by not doing certain things that he's been itching to do. Um, Gun control, things like that. Um, Like Honestly, I think that as far as what this means for the longevity of Trumpism is... This will end it as a political force, like as a thing that's going to be 
capable of contesting national elections credibly on the ballot box, I don't think it's going to survive this. Like, the extent to which this is going to be damaging to the ruling echelon of the Republican Party, on top of how there has not been a president who has fucked up this spectacularly since James Buchanan did fuck all when Southern militias started looting federal arsenals to arm up for the Civil War. Like, yeah. this is un... Like, this was not in our models because of how astonishingly stupid and self-destructive this all has been. Like, yeah. not just that it's Trump, but that it's, like, three Republican senators who are all necessary for, I mean, for, like, confirming their shitty Supreme Court justice. Like, even fucking Chief Justice John Roberts was in the Rose Garden. Bill Barr was in the Rose Garden. Like, just the level of just arrogant stupidity is just, like, it's really hard to think of, like, a historical example of a large chunk of not just, like, the person in power, but their ruling coalition being this collectively stupid. Yeah. I guess what I'm I'm getting at is that I think the future of Trumpism is going to be extra parliamentary. Um, Oh, absolutely. This is going to be, like, the Ku Klux Klan during the 60s. Yes. Yes. That is what I'm afraid of. And Biden has, in the past, made noises about doing certain things that would activate that. Um, The gun control thing, uh, basically, but there are other things. I mean, it's really all he needs to... I mean, really, all he needs to do at this point to activate them is just get elected president because I'm absolutely certain that the backstab myths are going to be like thick as flies on a corpse. Yeah. I mean, it's more like, um, like obviously my nightmare scenario for inauguration day is, you know, he gets in, um, Kamala hands him a, a document and basically gets her day one promise in. Um, you know, her day one assault weapons ban in. Um, which I don't think is terribly likely because at that point they'll probably have been briefed that, hey, if you're thinking of doing that, don't. Um, you'll blow up every little counterinsurgency thing we've been trying to keep a lid on this shit. <laughs> um, but if they do do that, then it's game over. It's like, you know, our our great emperor has fallen in battle, um, the usurper has taken over, and his first move was to take our guns. We're not going to let that happen. And, and even if they don't do that, which I think is reasonable, like, there have been some recent indications that the Biden camp is not completely stupid even if their messaging quite rightly has like the entire party left ready to like sp- like eat sand and spit lead um yeah that i mean justifiably but 
they've made some moves like promising to decriminalize marijuana at the federal level and other stuff that hasn't been trumpeted very loudly that suggests that as well as his i mean let's be honest totally broke dick student loan forgiveness program but it's better than what he campaigned on not by much yeah you lose ten thousand dollars off your debt that's like fucking nothing but still it's you know he has made a couple of like mild moves that suggest that once he's actually sitting down with the transition team and full stock has been taken of how utterly fucked everything is and he has access to data that is only accessible to people who are like in or entering the white house there might be some kind of pivot towards at least ending austerity politics and I would imagine if these guys are not going to go full on brainworms, the first thing they're going to be doing is some kind of economic relief because that's going to have been stalled out for like, like under all scenarios, this was going to be and still will be a very cold and hungry winter. So, yes, that it would be like, I mean, granted, the Trump Rose Garden Party happened. So other thing, other like equally stupid things could happen. I'm going to put that out there right now. We could see the Biden administration come in and go with the day one, take the guns promise without thinking it through for about five seconds or prioritizing like COVID relief. But like (laughs) with what's probably going to be coming over the next few months, I don't think even Biden and his campaign are that criminally unbelievably dumb. Like, if they are, then Joe Biden's going to be the American Kerensky, but yeah, <laughs> let's be real. Um, the fight I mean, is going to be a ghost and the center is going to be demoralized and the left is going to be pissed if that happens. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like, I guess what I'm getting at with that scenario is I put it on the table because they have made frightening noises about that in the past. I don't actually think it's likely. I think there'll be probably a pro forma, um, yet another AWB bill put in, and then it will die in committee like all the other ones. Um and at this point, either way, I think it's safe to assume we are going to see a level of political violence in the United States for the next decade that's comparable to some of the more intense periods of the 1960s and 70s, but uniformly. Like, yeah. regardless of what the Biden administration does, the American right and far right has their excuse. They have their backstab myth. They're going to find a scapegoat eventually. And the elements that don't want to play the long game have plenty of access to arms to make themselves a problem. Like, they won't necessarily be a coherent or organized problem, but, you know. Yeah, like, the whole point that I'm getting at is that there there are some ways for, for Biden to basically inflame the far right to the point where yeah, they take action um, in all caps. Um, but, but I don't, 
at this point, I don't believe that Biden is actually that stupid. Um, or at least his people aren't that stupid. Um, I mean, Harris, Harris does worry me on that count, but I think that... Uh, I think Harris is an even bigger opportunist than Biden is. Like, Biden, at the end of the day, is a party man, and I think he'll go along with whatever the party wants him to do, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Harris, I think, I mean, she did co-sponsor the Green New Deal and Bernie's Medicare for All bill and Bernie's UBI bill for COVID. Yes. Um, She knows that if she has to face a California electorate, she might actually be in a bit of trouble because she's well to the right of what's acceptable based on her time as attorney general and senator so far to like a large chunk of California voters. And I think she also is sufficiently flexible to go, you know what, this is the direction things are going. So we're just going to go along with this because it will mean guillotine insurance. I mean, it's like, it costs nothing to just let sleeping dogs lie, um, as Obama ended up doing, for the most part. Well, I, w- I would not say that... On that front. A, yeah, I don't think he did a very good job of that, because he, I mean, he still ended up with, like, Black Lives Matter and Occupy happening on his watch, so he clearly, like, failed to meet the basic expectations of the party base and the people who are most immiserated by the current economic order. Oh, yeah. Um, Overall, I'd say I'm not super worried about, like, my nightmare scenarios. I'm... Um, one of the things I am worried about is that everyone will stand down, nothing will be learned, and we'll be back to this in 24. Um, yeah, that, that, that's something that definitely, like, that anyone listening to this, your friends who you talk politics about because you've got fuck all else to do during COVID, um, or whoever else it is, you know, this is not the time to let your guard down. We could still get a Pence as Hitler scenario. We could still get, um, like, the Proud Boys might still do a stupid thing anyway. Yes. Yes. Probably will still do a stupid thing on Election Day anyway. Um, and it's like... Like, it is equally likely that these people that were expecting to be demoralized instead decide to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. I mean, they, um, the only reason it didn't go full bloodbath on the 26th, um, like some of us feared it would, um, was purely a question of like <laughs> the physical location where the Proud Boys made their um their brave stand, <laughs> um that and a bunch of groups pulling out because they realized that um, getting trapped in a choke point um would mean that um either 
they'd be in the kill zone, or they'd be making the kill zone, but they couldn't guarantee which was which. And so, nothing happened. Um, I don't think that that will, that sort of luck will hold. Um, so let's, you know, keep the pressure on these people and recognize that the fact that their god is bleeding is an open name. Yes. It is not a Democrat. It is a no Exactly. And it also means that we may actually be able to do some more economically jobs-based like actions that are independent of Trump because that motherfucker's not tweeting anymore. Yes. That would be and it, frankly I would be I would be glad to just talk economics instead of you know all this shit happening. But this is a fucking historic wrecking ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't talk about economy without politics. We are big believers in uh, political economy here on this podcast. Um, But at the same time, you know, this is not our regular beat. Um, It's just one we fell into because of Corona and Trump and all this shit. Um, we must be vigilant for cat food free. Exactly. Like, this is not, this does not mean any of the things to be worried about are going to be going away. If anything, it's keep the pressure on, keep organizing, keep preparing in your communities, because if the far right and a large chunk of the Republican right does still try to press some kind of coup under this scenario, then this is like a golden opportunity to absolutely splatter them across the concrete. Yes. Because it will be a much more slapdash and uncoordinated affair than anything that a potential Trumpist coup could have ever mustered. Yeah. So... That shit's a gift. Like, th- this is an opportunity to, like, thoroughly marginalize the right as a political force. That's they... good for everybody else. Yeah. If nothing else, it would mean we have more of a chance. Um, because yeah. the social tensions, they they are not going away, even if they recede for, like, a year or two as the normies wait with bated breath to see if Biden will actually help them. Um, like, this, this is not going to go away. Like, this, the damage inflicted upon America is permanent at this point. The, the empire is done. Like, yeah. The empire is dead. Full stop. So, yeah. The United That's States might survive, might not, but the Empire is dead. It's dead. At this point, what this has effectively done is it has taken, or at least significantly decreased the odds of a far-right autocracy imposing itself through electoral irregularities. Yes. Like, this reduces the odds of 
a Trumpist coalition attempting to seize power by main force and everything else that could spill out of that. Because this, like... I mean, hey, hats off to all the people that were doing all that fucking hex work because it dropped on the Harvest Moon um, and on Halloween there's going to be another full moon. So, you know, I'm just going to note those coincidences right there. Because <laughs> so. your explanation as to why this is happening now is as good as that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is Chop Shop Economics. We read this shit and we speculate on this shit so you don't have to. <laughs> um, good luck out there. Don't relax until this zombie stops moving. Oh, yeah. Bye, everyone. Stay safe.